Welcome to the Colorful Kid Podcast. It's been a while. Me and Tom recorded one a couple weeks ago, and the audio was not good, so we didn't end up putting it out. But hopefully this one comes out a little better. And yeah, Tom, how's it going? How's your Sunday of League MX going, treating you? Good. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, for once, first time in a while there hasn't been a late game or a, an afternoon game. So yeah, just a nice, nice evening off, you know. Um, yeah, it's cool. Good to get a chance to have a little chat and yeah, do a podcast. What time does the late kickoff on Sunday kick off your local time? Well, they've it's been changing a lot recently. Uh, you know, like sometimes it's. In, is, isn't it Santos who has the late game? Typically. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they do games when they have home games. They're normally six o'clock your time, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, so that's that's yeah. a mid, that's a midnight kickoff here, and um, but the originally the Sunday evenings were always eleven o'clock, and Chiapas still do eleven o'clock, but then like a couple of weeks ago Puebla did a ten o'clock one, and this week they were playing at six. So uh, it's, it's all changing all the time. It seems to be all these Sunday games. Yeah. If only Liga MX stepped in and said, "Hey guys, this is your schedule." Don't play eight games at the same time on Saturday nights. <laughs> yeah. If only, right? If only. I feel like half the tweets at like 7 o'clock Central Time on Saturday are everyone tweeting out how they're watching four games at one time. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's it's kind of fun because for a couple of hours the, the world goes kind of insane. Uh, at least the, the kind of bubble that uh, I, I live in for a few hours of my life. It, it, it goes insane, doesn't it? With like all these games going on. and um, Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun in terms of the interaction because I find that those Saturday nights, there's so, many, so much more people like on Twitter and stuff. Whereas if you have kind of a one-off game like the Sunday afternoon games, it's pretty quiet. And I will say this, I do rip on league, the actual league for doing a terrible job of promoting things and stuff like that. But they do get those goals on Twitter pretty pretty quickly. So at least you know, hey, this game, they just three goals in the last ten minutes. Let's switch to that game or things like that. So they do a good job of posting the goals as soon as they happen. Yeah, the the video clips of the goals are really good. They, I don't know when they started doing that. If it was at the start of this season. But I think it's really started, they started being timely about it this season. I think because mm, mm, now yeah, it's like every game is covered. It's like, oh, this goal happened in this Pachuca game. Here you go. Here's a video of it. No matter you know, and you can see them in America at least. Are they geo blocked for you? Can you still watch? No, them? I can see them. Okay. I can see them. So it's yeah, it's it's really good that I can see them. And yeah, it's it's cool. You know, it make, makes it easy to to keep up even with. Like if you're not watching one of the games, it's it's easy to keep up with, or to quickly see a replay of the goal if you want to catch it, um, or just to, if you want to point out like, oh, yeah, this look at this, this was a great strike, and you can just you know quote the tweet, and there you go, rather than having to be like drawn out process of trying to explain how he how a player did something in a tweet, you can just here's the video, so you can see it. And with this last jornada, we're up to week nine. 
So we're, I mean, we're a little over halfway through, but we're halfway through the season. Anything stick out to you looking at the standings? Well, let me just go through the standings real quick. Number one, Guadalajara, then Pachuca, Tijuana, Monterrey, Toluca, Atlas, Pumas, Santos, Laguna, and those are the eight in the Liguilla. We got Querétaro, Monarcas, Chiapas, Tigres, Club America, Cruz Azul, Puebla, Veracruz, Necaxa, and Leon in dead last. Um... One thing to note, first place has 17 points, and eighth place has, well, between first and seventh place, the, the only three-point difference. So Chivas have 17 points, and Pumas in seventh have 14 points. So it's it's pretty bunched up there at the top. Anything stick out to you just looking at the standings? Perhaps the thing that sticks out most is that no one sticks out. <laughs> in terms of being the best like you say is extremely close and is that your yeah. hot take of saying that Chivas are not the best team in Mexico right there Tom yeah you know I just couldn't call anyone the best team there, there isn't a best a best team really is there um nah, can that's you what pick the league any of them is for. standing out yeah, I, mean, uh, I wouldn't say so. I mean, it's just it's one of those. Mexico is one of those leagues where it's just. I don't know if you follow hockey. Probably not, but no. <laughs> in, I'll be honest. In the like, for instance, in the NBA, if you're the eighth seed, you have no chance of advancing. You're just you're just there to play a couple games and get eliminated. In hockey, it's the opposite. If you get in the playoffs, you have a, ch- a legit chance of winning the title, even if you're eighth or the seventh seed. It doesn't matter, but like. Liga Max is the same thing. As long as you get in the playoffs, no one remembers where you started off in the league or you finished off in the league. It's just as simple, much, as, yeah. as simple as getting in the final eight. Because Tigres, they're in 12th place. But... Yeah, I was going to say the thing that stands out most is really the teams that aren't in, in the top eight right now. Um, Tigres America being the standouts and then Leon as well. Um Cruz Azul to, to an extent. But, yeah, uh, Tigres, 12th place. I mean, they've picked it up recently, but really, really poor start. And it was surprising, uh, but <laughs> we were talking about this in the um, podcast that, that didn't go out, the one that the sound quality was poor. Uh, but, you know, was there a, a hangover from that title win with, with just a... 13-day break between the final and the first game of the season. Physically, mentally, are they or were they at their best um, at the start of the season? Probably not. But two wins in their last three and they're a point off eighth place. So I'd be very surprised if they didn't make it in. Like you say, once they once they get in the top eight, it doesn't matter. Tigres have, have never or in the past few years, they've Always kind of been looked at as the strongest team on paper, but they never finish first or second. They're normally like fourth or fifth, and then they usually go far in the gear. They've won two of the last three tournaments. So, yeah, like you say, it doesn't matter until really until you get to the gear, as long as you get in the top eight. And let's look at the top of the table. Chivas, number one. Pachuca, number two. Just based on the tiebreaker of goals scored, I believe. 
Yes. It um, is. With Chivas with 14 goals, Pachuca only 11. And then you got Tijuana in third place. They have 20 goals scored. They're just a high-powered, high-powered offense, over two goals a game. Yeah, exactly, and it's it, that's very impressive because they lost uh, Dara Moreno and Gabriel Alche over the winter. So, with those losses, I t- to be honest, I th- I thought they'd struggle a bit this season, but I've been proved completely wrong. You've had particularly Malcora has stepped up really well, and uh, Ariola's done okay, got a couple of goals. And Argentine, they brought in called uh, Juan Martin Lucero. Has got a couple of goals as well. They signed him from Malaysia, interestingly. And yeah, he's come in and scored a few goals. But particularly, Avila Zatado has been absolutely outstanding. And you know, I think he, he's proven to me that, as I've thought for a while, that he is the best attacking midfielder in Mexico. Four goals, four, four assists this season, and all round just such a creative player. Piojo's finally. Remember, was it? I think it was before the Apertura, where he had they had him won a game at home in like what eleven months or something like that. Yeah, yeah. This this was, was a crazy a streak. Stat. Yeah. I I um I checked this out because I, I was actually thinking about this the other um I think it was on Friday. And I checked this out, and so. Tijuana went um, in a run of 20 home league games. They won two. So they won two out of 20 home league games. After that, they won 11 out of 13. It's insane. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. But that's, I think that's, that's Mexico. That things change so quickly. Don't they? Things can change so quickly, and what's one minute a strong team is a weak team, and vice versa. Speaking of a weak team, we got Leon with only six points through nine games, and they only have nine goals scored and given up sixteen game sixteen goals. What is going on in Leon? They have one win in nine games. Yeah, I mean again. Who saw this coming? Uh, they were the form team. Ever since Torrente came in, they they were playing really, really well. They got themselves... Um, you know, they were one of those who snuck into Ligia with a really strong late run of form after Torrente took over. And they had that... Um, they lost to... Yeah, they lost to Tigres in Ligia in the end. Do you remember the game against Tijuana that they had in the quarterfinals? Yeah. Do you remember when Tijuana had a man sent off and they had to score three and then they went three and a lap? Before uh, Boselli scored and, and then, yeah, Leon went through. That was That's an insane game. game. <laughs> I remember because I was, um, I was. I was with my host families in in uh, Michigan then, and that evening, like we gone out because it's like Saturday night, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll I'll come out with you guys, and then we came back, and they're like, oh, we we want to film, and 
You know My Cousin Vinny? Have you ever seen it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I've never seen it. Like, oh, you've got to watch it. And this, the Tijuana Leon game was kicking off, and I was like, oh, it was 3-0 from the first. Like, I'm sure nothing will happen, so that's cool. I'll just watch it. And then um, Tijuana score, and I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Okay, they might be in this. And then they have a man sent off. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. That's cool. And then I see them score again, and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to just sneakily put my laptop on and watch this game whilst watching the film. <laughs> so I did that, and I'm glad I did. It was very good. Anyway, what's happened to them this season? Potentially, something I thought about the moment Torrente came in, being um, someone who worked alongside Marcelo Bielsa, is that he was going to bring in the pressing game, which I think he has to an extent. And my thought on that was in Mexico... We have fairly unique climatic conditions because there's a lot of heat and there's a lot of altitude. And that makes it incredibly draining for players. And so I've always thought that a full-on pressing game in Mexico is perhaps not possible because of it's, it's just too physically draining. And maybe what we're seeing now is the aftermath of them having this big push into Ligia and now the players are too tired they're too drained perhaps but it's something that's difficult to say for sure but that's something I think might be going on um, however they are doing very well in the cup they've won they won all their games in their group stage of the cup so. the cup that no one really cares about <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think more people are caring about it. To be to be honest, it's well. I did see someone tweeted out a picture of uh, Tijuana. Was it, I think it was Tijuana fans lining up this morning to get tickets for their cup yeah. game because it was, it was against Club America. Yeah, John Arnold tweeted that, and um, uh, Johnny Rico was saying about how apparently because the league tickets are quite expensive, probably I guess because they can get fans from America. Um, from the US so apparently some of the league tickets are a bit expensive for locals so locals will go to cup games because they're cheaper and I've seen it before that Tijuana Stadium is always really packed out for cup games whereas most other stadiums are like pretty much empty but in terms of the teams that have been played it's I've seen a lot stronger teams in the cup this year and a stat I can give you is that there, before this weekend, there were four goal scorers um, under the age of 20 in Liga Mekis, and four also in the cup. So normally you'd expect there to be more young players scoring in the cup because teams were rotating, giving young players some time, but um, that, that hasn't been the case as much this season. Yeah, I mean, can you name, can you tell me who won the last cup? Querétaro. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, it was uh, Chivas won the previous one before that, I think. Yeah, but um, Querétaro beat Chivas in the final. Chirago Volpi, amazing game. The reason you won't remember that is because it was also the same day as the um, final game of the World Series. 
Yeah, and as a Cubs fan, I had other things to do that night. <laughs> so I remember I was watching the two games at the same time. And... I think you were the only guy who was watching those games. <laughs> I actually know I wasn't. I remember seeing someone else there. About this. They were like, these two finals, these dramatic finals. The, the Cup final was quite good, actually, because um, Volpe just made ridiculous saves for the whole game <laughs> and and then saved three penalties and um, basically won the cup on his own but yeah anyway it's of course not as important as you know that swinging the bat and hitting it out the park game thing Tom it was 108 years <laughs> since they won a championship do not undersell this Cubs victory also, the fact that they were losing three games of one in the series and then won the next three in a row. I'll make I'll, next time you come to Chicago, I'll take you to a Cubs game. I don't even care if you want. I will take you to Wrigley Field. You can experience I a, it. I went to a Pirates game in Pittsburgh. I, it wasn't great. I'll be. I, I, it's not. Wasn't. I'm not gonna diss a whole um, sport just because I don't like it. But I didn't like it particularly. <laughs> but maybe I was at the wrong team. Yeah, the Pirates definitely the wrong team. <laughs> All right, well, look at the standings. Which um, which of those eight do you see dropping out, and who out of the eight right now do you see hopping in? You know, I mean, we do have Tigres and Club America currently on the outside looking in. So, who do you see dropping out? Uh... Well, how about I this? Think... I, I will go through the teams and you tell me if they're going to stay in the eight. All right, go on, go on. Chivas. Yeah, they'll stay. Pachuca. They'll stay. Cholos. Stay. Monterrey. Stay. Toluca. Stay. Atlas. Drop. Pumas. Stay. Santos. Drop. So who's going to swoop in for those two spots? I'm assuming one of them is Tigres. Yeah. Definitely. Who else? It's really hard to to bet against America, just considering that they've been so consistent. Uh, but they're not playing well. But I I think I don't think La Volpe will last the year. And if a new manager comes in, I can see them getting a bit of a boost and getting enough wins to get them inside the top eight. But it's tough. It's you know it's it's strange because finishing in the top eight out of eighteen teams shouldn't be difficult, but it kind of is. Are you are you? We talked about this before, but Tigers and Club America they're both in twelfth and thirteenth place. Like you just mentioned, hangover effect. Yeah, it'd be interesting to go back to see the last couple teams who've made it to the finals and see where they have what, if, especially to the last couple. Apertura finals and see what if they struggled in the following Clausura. That'd be interesting to do. That'd be a good article yeah. idea. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's tough. I mean, this year was obviously even more extreme because of the um, Club World Cup. So, you know, in previous years they they've had like four weeks off. This year it was 
too. And that's that's Liga MX's problem. They should have. I mean, they knew in April, before the season started, that Club America was going to be in the Club World Cup. They could they should have just moved up the season a week, and it would have been fine. Because they didn't yeah. do America yeah, any favors by letting them pl- pl- get to the championship game, and then them flying to Japan, playing three games in like a week, flying back, and then playing a final three days later. I mean, that's just absolutely. And and you obviously you want the final to be as good a game as possible, as a spectacle, and. It was a spectacle because it was such a dramatic final, but in terms of quality, it wasn't great, I would say. And yeah, that could that be because of fatigue? Quite, quite possibly. I'm just having a quick look on teams that have got to the final of the Apertura. So last year it was Tigres and Pumas. Um, the, remember, the Apertura? Yeah, remember that final when... Uh, Pumas came back in the second leg and it went to penalties. That was a fun final to watch. That's what a final should be right there. That was a crazy final. I remember I was feeling very ill that day. And uh, I, I, I'd I, said I'm too ill to, to watch. And I, I woke up in the middle of the night and checked on the score. And I think it was like 2-0 Pumas. I was like, oh, okay, then. I've got to watch the rest of this. <laughs> um, but the next season in the Clausura, they finished... Tigres came 8th and Pumas came 10th. So, pretty low. Yeah, I mean, and that's, then, it's not like Tigres were... One, they're, like the, they're arguably the most talented team in Mexico for the last couple of years. Mm. But then, to counter that, in 2014-15 season, uh, the finalists of the Apertura were Tigres in America. And they came 1st and 2nd next season in the Clásica. So... There's, there's yeah. a counterpoint. Yeah, it's it's true, but like you said, this is a little different too because of the whole two week span between the games. It is, it is, yeah. I'm just looking back, I'm reminiscing of some good times. Remember this final when um, America beat Tigers three nil in the second leg, and Tigers had three players sent off. I feel like Liga MX finals, especially the return game, rarely finish full strength. <laughs> When, yeah, when is the last time one did? I remember Pachuca won after Mosquera got sent off. Because he like Co- handballed it, didn't he? Yeah, because Conejo kept him in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy one. The best was people's reaction on Twitter was like, wait, that guy's still playing? Like, yeah, he's like 42 years old. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, the Pumas Tigres game that Tigres won on penalties had two players sent off. When is the last time there was a game that didn't have one? I think it was when um, it was the Querétaro Santos, which was a strange, a strange final. Remember Santos won five nil in the first leg. Oh yeah, that was. And Chilitita got four. <laughs> What's this league? Come on. Well, in going in line with that. Um... Red cards, uh, we had six of them, two of them in one game, and maybe not direct correlation, but certainly a couple of them were. We had a lot of injuries 
this weekend. Like, bad injuries. He did, yeah. Some some unfortunate ones. I think, luckily, the uh, tricky one looks worse than it actually is. Also, why the hell did the official Pachuca account tweet that out? That was disgusting. <laughs> I know. I know. It was... It was strange. It was a strange thing to tweet out. Um, and then, of course, everyone had to retweet it afterwards. Yeah, you know, it's, it's marketing, right? It's something, all right. It, it gets your attention. It's pub. Yeah, it's a form of publicity. It was. It was one of those weeks, and there's a lot of cards in in Mexico. Um, obviously, six is above average, but is it above average for Liga? <laughs> <laughs> it it is. Although there was a week um, earlier this season, I think it was week two. Yeah, was it uh, week two or week were, one? Yeah, it was either week two or week one that there were nine reds. So it's no, it's not a record. Um, but yeah, there was um, Brusuela's out for. 40 days, apparently. How they know that specifically, I'm not quite sure, but apparently he's out for 40 days, which could mean that both Tricky and Brithuela miss the um, March internationals. Well, Pachuca has come out and told the national team, like, please don't call up Lozano. So I'm guessing he will technically be healthy enough to start playing by the time it's time to get called up, but they don't want him to play. Mm. Yeah, that age-old in, in club versus international battle, and you know, both obviously both have their own vested interests, and the club don't want him ruined for the end of the season. You know, could potentially be battling in both the Concacaf Champions League and in Liga Mekis. So, yeah, it's a tough situation. It's just, yeah, I don't know, I just hope he's all right, Corajito's all right. Yeah, and of course, of course, the the ultimate thing this season for Mexico is the Confederations Cup. Uh, so they need to be smart about, do they want to push him too far now and then potentially lose him for, for the summer or not have him at his best in the summer. Good old Confederations Cup. Means everything, and it means nothing. Yeah, it's. I, I don't. I don't really see the. In in the grand scheme of things, I don't really see the point. I, I'm not sure it should exist as a tournament. To be honest, the only reason it's good to go is that you get more high quality games, and you get to go to a country before to get like a dry run. It's true. And get your it's facilities true. ready, and yeah. It's true. I I do see the benefits of it, but. I would rather have in its place a proper Club World Cup. More cup games? Or club games? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm a club over international football in general. Not that I don't enjoy international football, but uh, I would like to see more global football and you know the club world cup as it is is rubbish to be honest it's not particularly interesting and 
I think that could be a very interesting tournament if they did it, uh, kind of, you know, World Cup style, um, and had, you know, like the past four winners of all the Champions Leagues from around the continents. I think it could be interesting. I, it's it's something I'd like to see, but yeah, I, I take your point, you know, uh, international football has its place and yeah, we don't want to kill it off. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where kind of doesn't really matter, but then you know damn well if you don't qualify, it matters. <laughs> yeah, and I think in in general, international football is more important to um, a Mexican than to from sort of the background I'm from. I would say that's because you guys can never qualify. <laughs> it's true. No. It's a lot yeah, harder. No, I mean, to be no perfectly honest, it's a lot no, harder no. to qualify through UEFA than it is through CONCACAF. It is. It is. But yeah, I think that the, the, the you know the um, constant failures of of England has has really led to a lot of people just not really bothered, and the the Premier League is so big that. Um, people don't care that, that much about international football and most people kind of moan when international football happens when uh, to most people in Mexico it's or you know, Mexicans in America it's exciting when there's these international breaks and they'll speak play. so yeah it, it's a different attitude I think in general alright well wrap this up um, let's do a couple of mid-season awards um, who do you got as your uh, MVP so far I would say some I've already mentioned Avila Zatada because um, what, it, what it done at Tijuana he's, his performances have meant that they haven't missed uh, Dara Moreno or Gabriel Auche and yeah top scorers in the league he's been the key creator and has got four goals as well, so I would say Hatada. What about you? Oh, man. I don't know. MVP. I would probably go with, and he's going to be my acquisition of the year so far, at least the winter, Castillo from mm. Pumas. Mm. Yeah, strong shout. Strong I mean, shout. It's like they've, they've, been need, they've needed a consistent goal scorer since Valencia got there and it's just Lalo couldn't do it and it's just I don't know it's I mean they're in the, they're in the hunt for the playoff spots right now so yeah so he's a slight improvement on Lalo Herrera right yeah well Herrera <laughs> just wasn't consistent he had like that one good year when we were talking about when they made it to the final he was double yeah. digit goal scorer and then just kind of went downhill from there and now he's heading down to the Ascensor yes <laughs> Well, I guess that kind of answers my question. Is like a rookie slash newcomer of the year. That's it's, for me. It's Castillo. Any new guy, newcomers to Liga MX that stood out to you? Well, I, I, I mean, Castillo has definitely been the the most influential signing of the season for me. So I'd have to I'd have to agree there. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else who's who's sort of caught the eye apart from him. Um, 
so I've been I'm just looking for the teams. There was one of the most interesting signings was the Ghanaian who joined uh, Atlas, Clifford Abwagi. Yeah. Who was the was he the bronze ball winner at the U twenty World Cup? Yes. And the same tournament where Pogba won the um, golden ball. Yeah. So he was a, yeah for the twenty thirteen U uh, twenty World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when he led them to uh, when he led Ghana to third place. Mm. So yeah. Um. Obviously, has showed promise in the past. Very interesting signing for Atlas. Not not the sort of player you'd expect to join. It's kind of out of the blue, to be honest. It was completely out of the blue. You you, you don't expect any Lego Mickey's team to sign a young African talent, to be honest. But particularly not Atlas, who you know normally are one of the most Mexican teams in the league, to be honest. Um, but he's been interesting so far. I think obviously it, it's going to take time for him to adjust and to get used to lifestyle as much as anything else. And as well as the league, of course, and the the style of football and the heat and the altitude, etc. But and he's, he's only he's here starting. on a six month loan, so I don't think there's a buy option. So that's what makes yeah. it even more interesting. That does make it even more interesting. He looks a talented player, and he's getting starts now, so he could be interesting. That last a sixth place right now. They're doing pretty well. Maybe I was wrong to say that drop out. <laughs> You never know that less. Uh, what about um? You normally know they won't win. Yeah. <laughs> As a Cubs fan, I understand. <laughs> yeah, they've oh, well, they've still got another fifty odd years to go until they. Yeah. Well, no. What about um goalie, for you? It's not much I've seen. I'm I'm assuming. It's not much I've seen. No, he's been disappointing. Very disappointing. Uh, probably Chaka Volpe. He's ever, I think ever since that Copa Mekis game, he's just been incredible. And he, he makes so many unbelievable saves. His reflexes are ridiculous, and he's still very young as well. 26, I think? Yes, he's 26. So definitely someone who... Um, could move to to Europe in the future. Not to piggyback off your comment, but yeah, that's that's he's stood out in every game. He's just consistent. Mm. That's what you want. Yeah, he's every time I see him, pretty much he's he's making a big save. Um, what about coach? Who's your coach so far? Coach of the year. Not La Volpe, but. <laughs> not Torrente either. Ah, I'm torn between two. I'm very much torn between two. I think, yeah, I'll I'll say Almeida because um, they're first, of course. But perhaps I'm thinking about the wider picture as well here and. Remember when he took over, Chivas won a relegation battle. He was um, criticized when they asked him what he was there to do. He's like, first and foremost, i got to make sure we're not relegated. And he was criticized, but that's what he was there to do. I mean, 
you can't try to win the league title when you're in the relegation battle. You got to make sure you get out of that first, and that's what he did. That's true. Although actually, in Mexico, you you kind of can do both. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but the team the team had been so bad for so long, so inconsistent. They just. You've actually reminded me. I. <laughs> I had a. I had a some football manager file once when I I don't think I was managing in Mexico but I had the league active in case I wanted to move there and in one season the team that finished first in the Ascenso got relegated and the team that finished last got promoted uh, <laughs> Mexico, Mexico, Mexico but yeah uh, seriously he's he's done a Obviously, they've had a lot of money and they've invested a lot in their team. But hey, he's done. Uh, you know, you, you can't just throw money at a team and have success. So, I think what he's done to turn them from relegation to title challenging is incredible. And also the style that they play. You know, when you watch Chivas, you you always expect them to be dominating possession. And yeah, it, that's a lot down to. So, um, to Almeida, so I would say him. Disagree or agree? No, I mean he's he's a good shout. I'm not. He's he's done it. I mean, he just has to have to turn more of those wins into or more of those one-one wins ties into to wins three points. But all right, well, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we sign off? Um, what else is happening? Um, yes, I wanted to ask you about the 16-year-old, Diego Lainez. What, what do you think about him, about the fact that there's a 16-year-old playing in Liga MX? Is it, is it good for him? Is it too much, too young? Well, what do you reckon? I'd say it's good for him as long as they don't overexpose him. He's on a, he's on a veteran team. He's not going to see much minutes. So as long as they keep the hype down, it's good. If they picture him as a savior, as the next Cuauhtémoc Blanco or something, they're going to ruin him like other teams ruin young players where they compare him to someone else. Like in Chivas, Kubo was the next Chicharito, and that backfired mm. bad. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's crazy. It's crazy. I was born in 2000, you know, it's, it's frightening how young he is. Yeah. But yeah, he, he's looked like he's got a lot of talent about him, but I don't know, I I've, I know what the, not just what clubs are like, but what the media can be like and what fans can be like, because yeah, fans want so badly... Yeah, every fan loves a young player that comes through their own system because they oh, feel yeah. a they, stronger they, they, connection. They love the academy players. Yeah, they feel a stronger connection to them. They feel like they've done more to, to, to create this player. You know, this player wasn't just bought for however much money. He was developed by their own staff, their own coaches. And yeah. they want them so badly to do well and, and often fans can... Like you say, high players up, and it's it's tough. I mean, sixteen is so young. I, how many players? How how many people 
in the world are developed enough mentally and psychologically um, to deal with that at 16. And like, it's not like he's playing in a small club like Pachuca or Cholos or something like that. He's playing for arguably the biggest club in Mexico. Exactly, exactly. And On the he biggest made his stage, debut. they play their games at the Azteca. So <laughs> That's what I was gonna about to say. You know, he made his debut at León. Next week, he did well. He could be playing next week at home at the Azteca. But then again, um, a certain Mr. Lozano made his debut at the Azteca and, and scored. And that's turned out okay. So it, uh, maybe I'm, I'm getting a little bit over-worried. All right, well, that wraps it up for me. Uh, I'm sure, Tom, you'll, have, you'll talk about what's the, what's the tease for your for the TCK Extra coming through. The tease, um, more Nicolas Castillo. Um, I'll be talking a little bit more about him and what makes him such a good striker, currently top scorer in the league. Plus, um, a little bit on the relegation battle. Uh, there was a big, big win for Morelia this weekend over Veracruz, which has put them above uh, the... Um, above Veracruz in the relegation table so um, it's only one point between them though so that race is really hotting up and could go down to the wire uh, if of course relegation and promotion stays in Liga MX because I, I don't know if you saw there was rumours that they were discussing removing it which I'm, I'm definitely against well everyone tuned into that and I know the Chivas, the Norte guys, will have something up soon. I'm sure they'll they won't mind talking about their their goats in first place. So <laughs> I, I imagine it's going to be a different tone to last week, where they uh, to to be fair to them, they 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 did very well at trying to get some sort of positive from the Chiapas game. All right, thanks guys. Well, thanks for listening.